Welcome back to the Mass Business Podcast. My name is Matt Ward. This is Season 2, Episode 3. I got a great guest for you. It's Katie Johnson. Katie is a life and business coach with Coaching to Inspire. She helps entrepreneurs tame the chaos so they can do more of what they love and helping stay-at-home parents design the life they and their families love. Katie has over 20 years of business experience prior to becoming a coach. Her favorite part of coaching is seeing her clients move from overwhelmed with the sheer number of decisions they have to make daily to finding rhythms that allow them to live intentionally. I met Katie through networking. You're going to love it. She loves networking. And if you decide to network with her, you're going to have to ask her about her favorite homemade strawberry ice cream. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Mass Business Podcast, where small business owners, also known as risk takers, share their stories about the growth of their business and themselves. Our interviews and our content is focused on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. I say it all the time, and I'll say it again today. You never know where your next referral will come from. There it is. Uh, We are here with Katie Johnson. We're high-fiving the world. How are you, Katie? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. Absolutely. Well, in in a quick, uh, short uh, bit of 30 seconds or less, share with the listening audience on their favorite podcast app or those watching on YouTube what exactly it is that you do at Coaching to Inspire. Yeah, so I have the immense privilege of walking alongside people as they look to grow. Um, And so I help them, really, I help them make decisions. Um, and to do so intentionally so that they're moving to where they want to go and not just living in reaction to everything that's happening around them. And like that, there's so much there to unpack, right? Because I mean, I met you through networking and there's mm-hmm. some massive value there around this decision-making thing. One of the things I've always said for a very, very long time is that when business owners make quick decisions, they leave themselves enough time to pivot. Mm -hmm. if they made the wrong decision. But if Mm -hmm. they wait, they run out of time in a lot of cases and don't have Mm -hmm. time to pivot. Are you seeing that with a lot of small business owners as well? I do very much. Um, So when we get stuck in reaction mode, we stop thinking about with the long term and with the big picture in mind. It's just this, Mm -hmm. whatever's in front of us, and we react to that and react to the next thing. And And then we get down the road and we're like, wait, how did I end up here? Whereas when you're able to kind of step back and be in that more intentional space um, and look at what am I trying to do? Where am I trying to go keep those vision and values in front of you? Um, You can make one quicker decisions because you know you have that conviction of like, this is the direction that I think I need to go. And I think this is going to get me there. Um, Mm -hmm. But then you can also evaluate kind of as you go a lot faster. And so mm-hmm. um, you can, yeah, you can make a decision if it's the wrong one. You can just, okay, that didn't go where I thought it was going to go. 
where am I off base? How can I adjust this decision to, to get back on course? Sure. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a big, you know, it's a powerful le- thing to learn, right? And unfortunately, mm-hmm. we need a lot of at-bats for these things. We need to, we need to have history behind our, uh, our side to really push us in the right direction, I think, to, yeah. so that we can learn. We can learn the struggles and the challenges of making the wrong decisions or not making them mm-hmm. quickly or things like that. Now, you're you're fairly new in business, but not new to business, right? Yes. How long have you had your coaching practice or been in business? So officially, I've been in business just over a year. Um, I launched in Ju- July of 2020. Um, I did about two years of unofficial coaching before that, um, but really officially launched my business. Look at um, that. The pandemic birthed the yeah, business. It did. <laughs> so not every business closed during the pandemic, <laughs> no. right? I mean... On this launching and thriving right now, that's yeah. awesome. And so you're really in these early stages of business. And I've always yeah. said that you know people leave the corporate world, starting to uh, start a, a new business because they want three things: they want more money, more time, and more freedom. And oftentimes in the early stages, we don't get those three things. We just don't because <laughs> we're we're running around, we're chasing uh, so many, putting out so many fires. Um, do you feel, you know, where are you at with your business? I guess this is the question I'm asking is where are you at? Like, do you feel clear on where you're going and all the systems and processes you have in place? Or are you still at that mode where you're just trying to optimize things and improve things and get things up and running and things like that? Yeah, um, very much still in that mode. Um, I think it's funny you started out talking about like making wrong decisions and pivoting because I feel like that's been um, kind of the story of my first year. Um, You know, I kind of had a vision for what launching my business was going to look like. And it actually involved a lot of networking and going to networking events. And and then I launched in the middle of COVID and Mm -hmm. there were none. Um, And I'm not as much of a fan of Zoom marketing. Um, Sure. I just, it's not. I, it has a place that it has value, um, but it's, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's where I thrive. Um, so I was like, okay, great. No one's going anywhere. Social media must be where it's at. And I really tried to do the social media thing. And it is not for me. Um, it mm. sucked the life out of me faster than I think anything else I've tried to do in business. And so really spent probably a good three to six months really trying to move in that direction. And it got to the point that I basically stopped working my business because I just didn't want to. Um, mm. I, I just dreaded doing anything for work other other than doing the coaching. Um, and well, let me stop you really, there. How, yeah. how did you, how did you, so th- I think that's a great realization, right? I don't want to pounce on the quote unquote failure point, but failures yeah. in business are the way we yeah. grow, right? Yeah. And so understanding what, is happening is how we make a shift change in, in, in going another direction. What was it that was really just driving at you that it wasn't working? Um, it was really that realizing um, I would sit down to do, I had sk- blocks of time in my schedule to do my coaching business. And I just dread those blocks of time. Um, mm. You know, unless I had a coaching appointment. And it was, mm-hmm. I just realized that I was putting so much time and energy into trying to create content and um, putting myself out there on social media. And I just didn't want to do it. Mm. Um, and and, and did you not want to do it because it's, 
It's not one of your strengths. Yeah. And that's really what I had to come to is just, it takes me, um, I think part of it for me is um, I actually have ADHD and Mm -hmm. trying to sit down and put my thoughts into coherent sentences just takes me a very long time. Um, Mm -hmm. The words don't come easily for me. And so I would put so much time into trying to put out content and I'd read it and I'm like, it just doesn't capture what I'm Mm. trying to say. Um, And so I put it out there, but I just wasn't proud of it. And so, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and I'm very much a a connector. Um, I always have Mm. been, I'm the person that's, I meet someone I'm like, oh, you have this connection with this other person. I should introduce you. Like, let me get you connected to, um, you know, this community or that person. And um, that's always how my brain is working. And so Mm -hmm. I just couldn't create that in an online environment. Um, Some people probably do. It just didn't work for me. Um, it is super tough, I think, for people. And, and you're right. I mean, there's certain ways that we're comfortable and it sounds like that's not one of your strengths. Yeah. So what what would you say are your strengths? Yeah. And so a big one um, is that connecting um, yeah. where I, I really do. I just love to connect people and I love to connect up and it's, it's not even people. It's also ideas and things. And so that's one of my strengths in coaching is um, I just see how things are connected. So someone shares to what to them feels very disparate thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I see, Oh wait, those two things are connected. Let's explore that. And then it just uncovers this awareness of what's going on for them. So that's interesting. So you're able to not just connect people, but connect dots. Yeah. How did you, do you have any idea where you discovered that? Um, so it is one of those strengths that I've had for as long as I can remember. Um, and it's just been over time. Um, so I'm a big, one of my high values is understanding. Um, I blame my mother for that one because it's one of hers as well. Mm-hmm. And um so whether it's understanding people or systems or myself, and so throughout my life, that value has just always been a part of what I did. And so understanding what I do and why I do it um, led me to asking, you know, in situations, like, what am I good at? Anytime I was kind of looking at a career shift, just asking those questions, what are my strengths? What am I good at? Asking people in my life that have seen me. Um, looking back through what I had done and what I'd felt like I was successful at and seeing what those, um, ironically, what those connection points were. (laughs) So do Uh, you, that's interesting because um, you're asking yourself these questions, but you're also asking these questions of other people. Do you ever find um, that you hesitate to ask other people what your strengths are or, or what they see a value in you? Um, any more? No, because <laughs> I've gotten yeah. very comfortable with it. But I do think there was, there was definitely a time mm. when that was. Um, so how do you recommend that somebody listening to the podcast right now mm. on their favorite podcast app or watching us on YouTube? How do you recommend that they get started with the same process that you're now good at? How do you recommend that they start asking others for that feedback? I think you start with people you're comfortable with. Um, you know, don't go to the person that intimidates you. You'll never ask, mm-hmm. um, you know, go to the people that your, your good friend, your parents, your siblings, 
know, whoever those people are that are the cheerleaders in your life, um, but that you feel like know you well. You also don't want to go to someone that you're not sure um, know you because yeah. you're going to question what they have to say. Um, so I would start with those, those people that really know you, that you feel like, and know you today. Um, I wouldn't necessarily go to the, you know, your childhood best friend that you're occasionally in touch with, but hasn't talked to you in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, start with those yeah, people. A, that, a Facebook friend doesn't necessarily yeah. make someone know you well, right? Exactly. And so really it's just asking about them. Now, do you ask very pointed questions or do you just maybe ask questions like, hey, um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing some self-discovery. I want to learn more about myself and and uh, I, I was just hoping to see if you wouldn't mind giving me a few attributes about myself that you see. Yeah, Is that just how you would do it? I, it kind of depended on the context. I've done it so many times over the years. And sometimes I've done it formally, like as part of a, um, you know, personality assessment or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other times more informally. And so if I'm wrestling through a specific, like, hey, am I good at this? I'll probably ask more pointed questions. Like, Hey, I, I'm feeling like maybe I might be good at this. What's been your experience with me in this area? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I love that question. What's been your experience with me in this area? So that's a massive takeaway to our listeners right now. Is is the way you frame the question is. And you can lead them into the direction of the category you want, mm-hmm. or you don't even have to. You can just say, what's your experience with me? Yeah. But I like the way you framed it is, what's your experience with me as it relates to this? Um, it, it That's that's powerful. That's not even something I've ever done. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's the thing. I, I've been asking <clears throat> the guests on, on this season's podcast, um, you know, it's interesting how often do we sit still almost like in a meditative state? Mm. How often do we sit still and think about what our strengths are? Yeah. Not very often. No. And it makes you wonder, shouldn't I do that more? (laughs) And on the last episode with Serafina, we were talking about how she's like, well, yeah, I don't do that enough. And I'm like, no, <laughs> David Verdon in episode one of season two said the same thing. I don't do that. I should start to do that. And then I told Serafina, I don't do it either. And she's like, okay, so we're all in the same boat. Let's all just start <laughs> doing it. And that's the thing. Like, could you imagine how much better we could be as business owners if we just took a moment to be still? Mm. Sit on the deck, on the patio, on the porch, wherever it might be. Just be still for a moment and think. What are we amazingly good at? Mm. It would help us dial in more about our strengths. Mm-hmm. And the more we know our strengths, the more we also know what our weaknesses are and or wow. things to avoid, right? Yeah. I imagine this is part of the problem with the type of clients that you work with and helping them make decisions and get into a rhythm. The reason they're stuck is because they don't know what they're good at, right? That is definitely a big, a big piece of it. I think we've just gotten to a point in our culture um, where there's just a lack of awareness that I think does come from just this sheer busyness. Um, And not even necessarily, it can just be the reality of we spend a ton of time on social media instead of, um, you know, in in conversation or, 
um, in study or what, you know, it's mm-hmm. not, we just live at a very fast pace, but that's contrary to stopping and being still. Um, and I think for me, actually, I'm a person of faith and I think a lot of these practices that I now apply in business came out of growing up in that context because it was a place that encouraged stopping and being still and a certain level of self-reflection. And um, and I think that has really helped me in this area. And it is very much what I see when I, when I talk to my clients of just, they've never stopped and step back. Um, you know, a lot of people go into business because they love what they do and mm-hmm. they haven't really thought about what it means to run a business while doing what they do. And so it, it takes, it, again, it takes that certain level of stopping and stepping back to be able to move forward. And, um, and that includes knowing what you're good at, knowing what you're not good at. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other two pieces that are big are just knowing what your vision and values are. Um, mm. You know, yeah, if you don't, you don't have, compromise, right? Yeah. If you don't have those four pieces in, in your view, as you're making decisions, you're going to go off the rails and you're going to end up like I did <laughs> running mm-hmm. a business that you hate because mm-hmm. it's not in alignment with who you are and, and what you care about. Is it easy? I mean, you sound like you've, you've practiced, you know, the sort of strength stuff before. And I say, I say practice, I mean, you're just yeah. more aware of it. You, you, you said yeah. the word self-awareness. Um, is it easy for you to recognize your strengths? Again, I would say now it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has been. Um, I'm someone who has always taken what other people said about me more loudly than myself. Um, but um, it's funny, I a big thing that people often say is that I'm highly organized, mm-hmm. um, which is actually not true at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that whole ADHD thing does not lend itself to organization. Um, <laughs> however, because I make connections, mm-hmm. systems come very easily to me. And so it, uh, it, to the outside world, I look organized, but they don't, it's because they don't see the internal chaos. And oh, you're, yeah, you're just a hot like, mess inside. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> but to the outside world, because I'm, I'm good at putting systems in place, mm-hmm. I, it's like I know that about myself. And so I know. And so, you know, I can remember people all growing up would compliment me on my organization and, oh, you're so good at this. And it was just this like, I thought they couldn't come up with anything I was good at. <laughs> So you're self-aware and, now, right? Yeah. And you, you're really in tune with self-awareness. It's but interesting I because I, I, right, that's right. So that's, I like to say it's the 20 year overnight success, Katie. Yeah. Right. We always think that the other person's got it great. Yeah. And that they were an overnight success and they don't see how the sausage was made for the last 20 years. Right. Right. And so you've worked on your own personal ability to be self-aware. And you brought this up earlier where it's just like, I, we're not nearly, everything's so fast-paced. We're not even self-aware of who we are and what we're doing every day. Yeah. And I think to your point, the more self-aware we can be as business owners, yeah. the more likely and the more quickly we'll get to the point of knowing our strengths. Yeah. As well as many, many, many other things in yeah. In business, right? I mean, yes. outsourcing, planning, and organizational stuff. If that, <laughs> right. I mean, I'm I. It's interesting. I'm 47 years old, 
today at the time this podcast airs i'll be 48 <laughs> but interestingly enough um i became more and more and more self-aware after mm-hmm. i turned 40 mm. and i am hyper self-aware now about many many things but yeah. funny enough i'm learning areas in which i'm not self-aware because i observe other business owners and see how mm-hmm. they want run their business and work in their business mm-hmm. i have a good friend who i feel like is super hyper focused during the day when he works he's so zoned in that you can't even um you can't even have a conversation yeah. and yeah. it's almost awkward But he gets more work done than any business owner I've ever seen in my life. And he's just one of those people that has the, has a ability to zone in and he's self-aware of blocking out the other stuff that pulls him away from the task that he needs to get done. And then he can, he's so hyper-focused, he can get them done in a quicker timeframe because he doesn't have all those distractions that we all talk about as business owners. You can't multitask. You can't be on a networking call, looking at your phone or on a Zoom call, looking at another screen. People know you're moving Mm -hmm. screens around. We see that, right? And so um, it's so interesting. I'm way more self-aware now than I was eight years ago. And I know that I'm going to be even more self-aware a year from now than I am now. Yeah. Right. Yep. And I just, I, I think self-awareness is a, a strong attribute into running an effective business. Yes. So tell me a little bit about running your business. What, what, what are the struggles at year one? I mean, you talked a little bit about starts and stops and different ways yeah. you were going with things. What's the biggest challenge for you as a small business owner these days, like today? Yeah, I think um, one of my biggest challenges is still just figuring out getting myself in front of people. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's nice now that there's more networking um, to just be in front of people. But really, what are the, um, I think, somewhat figuring out where my clients hang out. It's funny. It feels like I should know because I'm in my ideal client, actually in both categories. I'm a, I'm a parent and um, an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But um, definitely a lot of like, oh, wait, where do we hang out? Like, yeah, where right. Where do I meet other parents? Where do I meet other entrepreneurs? Um, and um, I think that's definitely a big challenge. Um, just a personal challenge, I think, that probably a lot of entrepreneurs face is just all the different hats you wear and um, what hat do I need to be wearing when, and even kind of what you were talking about of focusing in on the hat that I'm wearing at this moment. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one of the big changes I've made this summer is really having some more defined blocks of time. So you you do time blocking in your calendar? Um, It's not always in my calendar, but it's time blocked. Sometimes it's just in my head. Um, How does that work? That doesn't work, does it? Uh, because if, yes. if the time block for me was in my head, I would just ignore it. Like I, it's oh. not, it's not in the, how, how does your brain know that that time block is there? Um, I'm very visual. So I have mentally put it on my calendar if I don't physically. So, so there's a mental picture yeah. of a calendar in my head. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I wonder I wonder how many other business owners 
uh, do a similar thing. So if you're doing sort of, I'll call it mental time blocking, then, um, you know, let us know in the comments here on YouTube. I want to know, like, how many people are doing that versus actually the physical calendar blocking? I, for me, seem to have to have the physical calendar blocking. But mm -hmm. then the other problem that comes in with that, Katie, is that when I block the whole day off, now I get up in the morning, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that's not the day I wanted. Yeah. That's not that's not the day I wanted today. I want more free time. I yeah. want the freedom that I wanted. <laughs> I don't want this whole thing blocked. That's no fun. Yeah. You know? it, and so that's actually a funny part of um, my story is I did used to block everything in my calendar. <clears throat> so I actually was just diagnosed with ADHD this year. Mm. And so that has been a really big learning curve. But I realized in getting that diagnosis that I had tried to over-organize and over-schedule um, to try to rein in the mental chaos. And it was like this unhelpful coping mechanism. And, and so I had to learn to live in a certain level of freedom. And so that's when I actually stopped using my physical calendar so much um, because it would, it would create too much structure and I'd feel trapped. And then I would rebel mm -hmm. against that, <laughs> like my own schedule. Um, and so it's been learning this process this year of learning how my brain actually works and, and how to work with that instead of mm -hmm. against it. And um, so it's been a lot less this structure blocking, but more, and especially as a mom and a business owner, um, you know, when I'm working at, from home, I have to have a higher level of flexibility because I have to be available to my kids. And I found myself just getting frustrated that they were interrupting me and this was my work time and um, when it was on my calendar. And so I had to let go of some of that and um, really do what put focused work when I'm at the office and then more just like responding to emails or um, things that didn't take as much kind of diving down in when I'm home and have to have an ear on the kids. And, yeah. um, and, and so that's been, you know, I feel like I found a good rhythm now, but challenge from the last year, that was a big challenge for me. Yeah. Talk a little bit about um, startup mode in your business. I always like to ask our guests, you know, it, this idea of software, right? Um, what Ooh. software they use in their business that if I walked in and took away, they'd be mad. What's a game changer uh, software that you recommend that other small business owners take a look at? Tool, tip, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, so I actually don't use a lot. Um, so I do you use a probably, day planner? How do you do so the calendar? I do, my calendar is just my Outlook. Okay. Well, actually, probably Office 365 would be one. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So that you live on guess. that then. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is my calendar. It's my email. It's, you know, all my, I use a lot of Excel mm -hmm. word. Um, yeah, probably everything. The only other one might be, um, I use Adobe InDesign for like oh, for everything design I put together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I like, would imagine. My business contract like, is in, in design. I, I'm not, I'm not touching that. I'm not touching a design <laughs> program. I'm, I'm not. I haven't touched design. The closest thing I'll do to a design program is Canva or something like that. Yeah. I'm just not, it, I I'm do just, use Canva a lot. Yeah. Um, are you a reader? I am an avid reader. An avid reader. So um, wondering what business book you've read um, 
whether it be over the course of the last year mm-hmm. or even prior to that, that you feel like other people listening need to pick up, get their hands on because it could be a game changer for their business. What book would that be? Um, so for people that have anyone working with them, um, Patrick Lencioni's Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Okay. Wow. Um, you're very it, strong about that. You're yeah, like, you rattled that one off. Completely revolutionized <clears throat> my understanding of teams and how to have healthy team relationships. Um, so That's I actually crazy. read it um, about a year, year and a half before we um, had a challenging team situation actually at our church. I'm a volunteer at our yeah. church. Yeah. And, um, it, I can't count the number of times I went back to that book, walking through that season. And, um, but just his ability to articulate um, the foundations of relationship as it relates. I mean, it's true across the board. I honestly, mm-hmm. my husband and I use it in our marriage. We use it. Mm-hmm. Um, I use it in friendships, um, but particularly in the business setting. Um, That's great. Yeah, so we'll make sure we link to that in the show notes, everybody. You you can get the the link right in the show notes on the website, massbusinesspodcast.com. And uh, we're definitely going to be linking to that and to um, Office 365. For those of you, I mean, obviously you can Google it, but we'll link to it just in case you're on the show notes. Um, And speaking of links, Katie, it's been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Um, If any of the listeners on the a favorite podcast app or watch it on YouTube, want to get in touch with you. They want to talk about coaching. They want to talk about networking. Yeah. They want to talk about being diagnosed with ADHD recently. Yeah. doesn't matter what it is. Um, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so everything is on my website, which is coaching to inspire.co. It is.co. It's not missing the M. <laughs> yeah. um, and then my email is just Katie at coaching to inspire. Very cool. And so we'll make sure we have all those links in the show notes as well. It's been great talking to you. I'm so glad we were able to meet through networking and and have the connections that we have. And, 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 and I appreciate you coming on the podcast, sharing your knowledge, your understanding, your vulnerabilities, your authenticity with the audience, um, being in business a year, obviously around business for 20 years, but your own coaching business for the last year started during COVID pivoted quite a few times. Yeah. And uh, up and running, strong, ready and raring to go, headed headed out in the right direction. I think it's fantastic. We've all been there. And I yeah. think there's a lot of lessons that small business owners uh, can gain from the, the, the pivots that you made in the middle of the pandemic. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. It was great to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. And so for those of you listening, uh, again, we'd love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you're watching on YouTube, you know what you got to do. You got to smash that subscribe button. We're trying to get those likes up there and those those subscribes up there so that uh, everybody else in Massachusetts gets to see this podcast as well. As I always like to say, and I end every video, don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high five everyone around you. Take care, everybody. I'm waking up this morning. Gonna grab myself a smile. Thank you for listening to the Mass Business Podcast, where we focus on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. Don't forget to like on your favorite platform and share out this podcast. 
This show has been produced by Heather Grant, music by Celtic Kelly, all rights reserved. I'm your host, professional speaker, author, and word-of-mouth referral consultant, Matt Ward. Don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high-five everyone around you. Feeling all right. the world.